on Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil, pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yep, it's Monday morning, and that means at uh, roughly 11 o'clock-ish, we will always chat to someone from the racing community, whether it be here in New South Wales or afar, on their career and life. It's a fantastic little segment. It's called Monday's Experts. And if you are listening live around New South Wales and the ACT at the moment, great to have you on board after Mick Urin and on the pace. So if you're listening to this on podcast, which I know a lot of you do, enjoy this next little chat because it's a name that we are seeing in the form guide along Gay Waterhouse, alongside Gay Waterhouse, I should say, and we're seeing it multiple times this season. It's been in partnership for a little while, but boy, oh boy, they have started the season hot and they're going to have, hopefully, a big spring carnival. Adrian Bott is that name that you see, and he joins me now on Monday's Experts. G'day, Adrian. Hey, morning, Dave. Great to chat with you, mate. Usually we have you on the program to discuss the runners for the week and what's happening here and there, but today we're talking about you. <laughs> Not something I necessarily in, in, enjoy as much. I prefer talking about the horses, to tell you the truth. Well, I want to know. Uh, I, I want to know where it all started. Where did Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Scone, um, yeah, right in the right in the heart of the industry. So um, beautiful part of the world, but was very fortunate to have that have that upbringing. Um, family's always been been involved in in the industry, and um, I was born on a on a stud. Uh, at the time, it was called Sedgen Ho Stud. Um, today, it's uh, Vinery Stud, but that's where I spent sort of the first 12, 13 years of my life um, up there on on the farm, and yeah, it was fan- fantastic um, part of the world to grow up in, and as I said, sort of right in the heart of it, and, um, sort of living and breathing everything to do with the uh, with the industry for the th- first part of um, my career. When you uh, were growing up on the stud, Adrian, I mean, what are your first sort of memories of the actual animal itself, the horse? Yeah, I, I guess sort of probably. Um, I think a lot of sort of lot of lot of foldings was probably one of the first things that sticks to mind um, as a young race goer. I think when the Scone Club first Scone Race Club sort of first reopened with the new design, and you know I was sort of pretty young at the, the time and attending those race meetings. Um, you know, very fortunate. Dad sort of took us to plenty of the big race meetings sort of around the you know, around sort of Australia and around, around around the world, and got to meet some of the sort of leading. Um, figures and you know whether that be sort of trainers and jockeys and um, you know just sort of always sort of being surrounded by I, I guess sort of the right people in the industry and uh, having having those conversations and just absorbing um, actually sort of soaking up information you know th- throughout your entire life without sort of yeah without sort of even uh, necessarily knowing or trying it you, you're really sort of learning every step of the way. We're chatting with Adrian Bott this morning on Monday's Experts. Uh, so, Adrian, as life continued on, you started to grow up, obviously, being around horses. Your parents, I read last night, they still encouraged you to go and get a degree and, and sort of go the that way before you just jumped headfirst into horse racing. Yeah, no, it certainly did. And I, um, I spent uh, a few years in, in Sydney at boarding school here, so I was, I was away from, um, you know, Away from the industry directly for, for a good few years, being down here, and you know, I think that was just a, such a, a great experience in itself, and, and sort of just you know growing up and sort of helping you sort of develop you into the sort of person that you you become and the values etc. And met some fantastic people, and um, yeah, it was a, a great sort of experience and, and time in my life. And following that, yeah, mum and dad encouraged me to 
get that degree to fall back on. I didn't necessarily know what path, if if I did go straight into the industry at that time, whether what path I would have necessarily went down. Um, it was sort of always the, um, I, I guess, the racing side that had always really intrigued me. Uh, families had always been, had owned racehorses and, and obviously, you know, uh, sort of, always in, involved in racing but was more heavily involved in, in the breeding aspect side of things so uh, for me it was always racing though but just sort of how how to make that connection how to take that first step into it and sort of never really in my wildest dreams that I ever sort of think this would be the position that I was in I, I, I didn't even have it as a, a, a potential reality or um, so um, yeah, I, I think that was just important first steps to, to go have it have it agreed to, to, to fall back on, and um, yeah, that's sort of what I set out to set out to do first. And that degree is architecture. Yeah, I, I was in the faculty of architecture. There I was in um, design and, and, and programming, so I was a fair bit of um, you know, computer programming element to it as well. Um, so yeah. three three years there at Sydney University, and um, yeah, I, I, I didn't even sort of really attempt to use a degree or, or find anything in, in that field. So you um, haven't built you know, any computer programs we don't know about or you're not working on the side while you're training these Group 1 horses, you know, building the next big app on an, on an iPhone I'll, or something? If I had maybe stuck at it, it would have been... Uh, 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 the, the IT industry seems to be a very fruitful industry <laughs> to be in, whether uh, you know, creating Twitter or Uber or something like that, you'd be uh, well on your way. Um, you know, the, the, the early mornings might not exist, but um, <laughs> no, more than happy with the um, with the the path and the career that I'm chosen. I think it's a um, you know absolutely love what we do. Yeah, and I guess um, uh, obviously we're going to continue to talk about. Uh, how you've continued through from architecture. And we're chatting with Adrian Bott this morning on Monday's Experts. But just jumping ahead a few chapters while it's um, on the mind, obviously you're going through that course, but that industry is quite lucrative. Have you got any ex-classmates or anyone from that particular field in horse ownership? Has that been something you've been able to to get some of those university mates in that maybe have made a quit into some horses? No. Nah. No, I haven't haven't yet. I'm, well, there I'm you go. Up, I wasn't great at being in in, in contact. Um, <laughs> yeah, once I sort of finished up there and sort of went back into our little bubble in in, in the horse industry, and um, I did sort of quite a few years overseas, sort of um, not long after that as well. So um, yeah, there was a, a few sort of distractions on on, on that. Well, you, part, never, I guess. you never know, mate. Um, go through the database. Uh, the after that uh, university um, degree, you joined Racing New South Wales as a cadet steward, I read last night, and then that then led to, obviously, the, the scholarship, the Daly Flying Start Scholarship, which, which we hear a lot about. Uh, yourself, you've done it. Um, there's been others that have been in the industry that have done this scholarship, and it obviously can set you on the right path, that's for sure. Yeah, it really can. It's um, you know, it's sort of the, one of the best things, I, opportunities I was, I was able to get, um, actually meeting up with... Clota Kavanagh today. She's the um, course manager of of the Godolphin Flying Start, but it's it, it really uh, gives you such a, a great grounding um, into the industry. It sort of opens your your eyes and, and introduces you to every single sort of facet and sort of every role possible within the industry. You, you're working alongside industry experts at every step of the way, learning from the best. Um, you know, there's a, a practical and sort of theory. Um, balance and sort of aspect to the to the program as well. Um, you know, you're able to work internationally. Uh, it's through England, Ireland, uh, America, 
the stint here in Australia, uh, Dubai, and, and, then, and then back to England again, opportunities to go uh, Japan, Hong Kong. So uh, it really is a, a global um, course, and you know I, I think that's so important with the way the industry is going as well. But just being able to get there and sort of open up your eyes and um, see what's actually sort of possible out there and what's being done. But to come off it and actually have the, the confidence to, to then go, well, hang on, you know, um, yeah, this may not be as far out of, out of reach and, um, you know, certain roles and positions and, and dreams are, 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 are potentially sort of possible now. And yeah, that's what the course really did for me, um, gave me a lot of confidence to really sort of take that next step and, and, and chase what I, I sort of really wanted to do and wanted to achieve. And you went from there to obviously being put in touch with Bruce Slade, who was obviously um, Gay's racing manager at the time, and then, then there was a position that became available at Tullock Lodge. Yeah, uh, Bruce was race manager at the time. He was um, fantastic. Uh, I think originally James uh, James Harron put us all in, in, in contact there, and um, I was sort of just speaking to him about a few opportunities, uh, advice what to do when we, we sort of finish up, and he, he made the recommendation to get in touch with, with, with Bruce and speak to Gay if there was sort of anything anything opening up there and um, you know, I was fortunate that there was or, 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 or whether they sort of created some positions able to get the foot in the door here and um, just sort of carve out our own sort of position and, and, and role and sort of work at it from there. It was pretty, uh, pretty sort of open uh, when, I, when I got here and it just sort of covered, covered everything to do with the operation yeah, from, from, from the ground up. So I, I sort of thoroughly enjoyed that, took the opportunity with both hands and, um, yeah, sort of really tried to progress from there. And what about the, the day in which the partnership became in full full effect? Um, your name was there alongside Gay. I mean, that must have been a very proud moment for you. It was. Um, you know, something that we'd sort of... were working on behind the scenes for, for, for a little bit. Um, Gay, one day, I, I think, sort of might have been speaking about a few sort of business opportunities I, I was sort of looking at pursuing or... I wanted to discuss with her, and um, you know, she sort of came back at me with a with a better proposition that we sort of work on and, and look at potentially going into to partnership, which um, you know sort of blew me away at the, the time, and um, didn't take very long to to um, grab that with both hands and, and take up that, and um, yeah, we, we set about working towards that and um, getting getting my license and getting the partnership approved, and then uh, yeah, then sort of how we make that transition um you know with with the with, with the current staff that are that are here and um you know with with all the owners and and, and getting everyone on board that you know it wasn't necessarily a, a step in in seeing gay stepping away or, or retiring um you know hopefully it was you know going to be more of a, a positive step in, in in the right direction for, for everyone involved what about your first success as the partnership that was uh, that philly wasn't it Global Glamour. That was success. our first major success. He yeah. was our first Group 1 winner. Um, our first winner was um, Thronum, who won the, the listed uh, Rosebud um, for us. Uh, he, uh, I think we had our first runner on, on a Wednesday midweek weeding a horse called Kunawara. Went around on a heavy 10 and he finished part off by about 20 lengths. Um, so it wasn't the wasn't the ideal start, and then uh, followed that up with our next runner being a um, runner in the in the as I said the listed rosebud, which was thrown and which he won. What is, in your opinion, the best horse you've had dealings with at this present point of your career? Because you had a very nice crop at the moment, and you're obviously going to be in the game 
we hope, for a long, long time. So to this point, what's the best horse you've um, you've walked, you've you've thrown the saddle uh, on, you've the, been involved with? The, the, the best horse that we've been able to uh, produce, um, you know, and, and develop, I guess, from the outset would, would I'd have to say, be, be Farnham um, in, in terms of sort of winning the Golden Slipper for us. That was a really vital point, I think, for the partnership and um, the way that it was, um, yeah, the way it was perceived and the success that we're able to have. So I think that uh, was at a, 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 yeah, as I said, a crucial point um, in time in, in, in the um, in, in, in my career and the, the partnership. But um, so he, we were able to develop him from from the outset. But I, I'd say in terms of the, the best horse that we've had something to do with uh, would would no doubt be Alligator Blood. Um, you know, weight for age horse. I'd say he's won more Group Ones for us than than any other horse that we've trained. Um, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal horse. How, how, how tough he is! So we haven't had one like him before, I'd say. Um, but yeah, obviously he he joined us later in his career. Um, but certainly you, you could not mention him being being the best horse. You've got an incredible strike rate at the moment, uh, yourself and Gay. You're uh, hitting what twenty four and a half percent off one hundred and six runners. You are sitting second at the moment on the Metro or the whole of New South Wales Premiership. On the Metro Premiership, you are leading that with 18 winners uh, and your strike rate there is 22%. So that strike rate I gave you before is the whole of New South Wales. What do you put this start of the season down to? And obviously the last couple of years, you've been thereabouts, but have you? could we say that you've been in a bit of a rebuilding phase as well? Because like any... Operation, good horses come and go, and you need to then go and find those good ones. And sometimes all those purchases you make, they just don't fall the way, whether it be through injury or just bad luck. They don't fall the right way, do they? Yeah, definitely. It's um, yeah, it takes takes time to sort of build that um, build that sort of quality of horses and, and bloodstock around you. You've got to earn those opportunities and um, you know try and sort of cement ourselves and, and get ourselves a reputation for. Being able to be competitive in you know what is one of the most sort of competitive environments there in Sydney, so that's just been you know naturally and sort of gradually happening over over the uh, I guess sort of the lifetime of the partnership and you know now I'd say now we're starting to see some of that come to fruition now um, some of the better stock being able to sort of come through and um, yeah it helps sort of having a, a good year with our, our two-year-olds last year um, you know I think that's always a good indication um, of the you know, the, the the progress that they can then develop into going going forward. So um, it does take a few years for all that to, to happen and mm. to, to set into place. But um, yeah, we're, we're obviously in a in a good position and a fortunate position now, and um, you know want to be able to sort of cement that and sort of grow on that and build on that and hopefully carry that momentum. You know, certainly all the way through the through the season. Was there a plan in place at the last couple of starts? Was it a particular? type of horse you were looking to buy were you looking to buy horses that were were late two-year-olds or was there was is it just been you've gone purchased nice horses got those good clients in the stable and now you're just you know reaping those rewards yeah it's sort of a bit of bit of everything you, you know you've certainly got to have the the backing behind you to go and select um or to, or to be able to actually purchase the horses that you that you do want out of the sale um yeah and, and sometimes that takes um takes some some very good and significant backing in, in order to get that and as i said if we've been able to you know fortunate enough to 
to win the right races and get the right opportunities for people previously. That that does help create opportunities going forward in, in being able to get that stock. But then it's a you know being able to look after them and, and develop them and then get the results with those quality horses as well. So it's been a, a gradual sort of process over over time and um, not necessarily tried to to do anything different um, over the recent years. But um, yeah, maybe we've been able to get that better class of horse in, into the stable and um, yeah, get the get the job done with them and yeah, really sort of build the right team of staff and, and, and people around us and, and certainly um you know owners that are really willing to support us. It's a massive operation and we're chatting with Adrian Bott this morning, of course, who trains in partnership with Gay Waterhouse. We're talking about his career life, etc. Let's just talk through a, a standard week for Adrian Bott. So Monday morning, what time are we up? Uh, yeah, throughout the Monday to Saturday, the, the starting time doesn't sort of really change. We've got the first horses on the track at, at 4 a.m. Um, everyone's in here at, at 3 a.m. Um, to, to go through. And um, so you'll have a meeting beforehand, of, like you have a big meeting. Oh, no, no, no big meetings taking place. Um, you know, we've we've sort of got about sort of six different individual stables here at, at, at Randwick, sort of all spread out over the place. So there's. Um, managers and, and foremen in each of those locations, plus you know the, the smaller stable we've got in, in Melbourne. So you're really touching base, and um, all all the all the prep work had been done the day before, and you, you're really just going through to see uh, any any temperatures overnight, um, anything that may have left some some feed, um, any adjustments that uh, you need to make to the work list, anything that may uh, may not uh, you know may just walk out a little bit sort of stiff in the morning, or any any. Any little things we need to note and be um, concerned of for, for the morning, any adjustments that need to be made. So that's all sort of happening in that first hour while the um, you know, while the horses are first few lots are getting out and getting warmed up, and um, everyone's getting organised and um, getting getting set for um, for each of the lots to, to come out throughout the day. And um, yeah, that track work process goes right through till till eight thirty that the last last horse comes off the track. So what time are you leaving the office? Uh, end up leaving the office probably about six o'clock at night. Um, you sort of come in and um, do the, the, the nominations and acceptances, uh, what need to need to be done in, in the morning there, um, touching base with um, you know, certain sort of owners or, or people sort of throughout the morning, giving them updates on how the horses may have worked from, from the morning, um, going through your programming for, for the week, everything that may have run on the weekend, um, any adjustments to the programs that you need to make. Um, sort of forecasting for for all those other horses. There uh, may have been some recent trials that were just re um, readjusting their their programs. Uh, Twelve o'clock, the, the stables are back open again, and uh, twelve till two thirty, the the horses are back out and getting their, their afternoon exercise, and um, sort of following that, as I said, through till probably the afternoon, two thirty through or six is sort of the creation of the the work list for the for the next day. And, next day. Um, yeah, so there's always sort of a fair bit of sort of planning and, and, and work involved in that. You've got a young family, Adrian, so 6 o'clock then you get home and then what time are you going to bed? If you're waking up at 3, are you, are you a bit of a night owl? You can run on fumes. No, nah, look, I, I, I don't mind sort of being able to um, run it throughout the day. It's keep things pretty quiet at night. I don't have any kids at, at the moment. It's just myself and, and the wife. So, um, yeah, when I get home, it's... You know, relatively, I don't have a hands full again. It's um, you know that, that's probably helped make that adjustment um, early days, and, and, and no doubt when when the kids do come along, that's going to take you know some prioritising yeah. and, and and some sort of adjustments along there. But um, yeah, I feel got a great handle on things, and, and certainly not um 
not sort of burning out by by any means. It's um, you know a, a workload that we can all sort of handle. And um, as I said, it's a, it's a passion that we do, and we enjoy. I enjoy the people that I work with. I, I love coming to work and seeing the, uh, the the staff and the people around here as well. It's um, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Adrian Bott, uh, who's our guest this morning on Monday's Experts. What about your Melbourne stable, or the, the Melbourne stable? So you'll do some travelling there during the week as well, won't you? Yeah, usually um, usually make Wednesday mornings our, our main morning down down there. So um, Tuesday afternoon I'll, I'll sort of fly down and, and do track work down down in um, Melbourne Wednesday morning and then and then just see all the horses there and, and, and come back for, for the race meeting here on, on Wednesday. Um, you know, fortunate gays there to balance out as well so gay can spend a few other days throughout the week but uh, I'll try and get if I can sort of get down that's the, the day I'll try and get down each each week to, to keep an eye on things down there as well Alright, um, Adrian when it comes to I guess the success on the track you guys are no doubt going to try and win plenty of big races what's the one race you'd love to win in partnership with Gay that you haven't already won? Uh, uh, yeah Gay's never won a Cox Plate before um, so Really want to be able to sort of try and do do that together. I think that would be, um, I think that'd be sort of a nice race to say that you know she's won a couple, of, you know, been able to win you know those those big major races. That's I think the one big one that's sort of really sticking out that's been missing for her. So, um, which is extraordinary you know, I, in in, her, in its own right, considering the horses that she has had. It is, you know, there's um, yeah, it's been funny. There's a couple of races that. You, that you wouldn't have realised that she hadn't won in, in such an amazing career. 150 Group One, uh, it's more than that now. But um, you know, prior to the season, so you know, and, and uh, this year was the first ATC Derby, um, yeah, winner that she trained, um, first Jim Crack winner. You know, of all the two-year-old success, um, yeah, there was a couple of those sort of races along there that um, she hadn't won. So you know, enjoy that we've been able to achieve a few of those feats together. Um, so yeah, that's sort of down there. But the way that everything's sort of shaping up here now in in, in Sydney, um, if you sort of just had, uh, you know, if you weren't sort of getting sentimental about it all like that, uh, yeah, that the Everest is just a clear cut race that you, you want to win, um, and that's just building momentum each and every year. That's becoming such a such a big race and, and, and such a, a race that you want to be involved in and, and, and be able to win. So um, well and truly, that's right up there from uh, a selfish point of view. I'd love to win that race. From a partnership point of view, I'd, I'd say you know, a Cox Plate would certainly mean, um, certainly mean something to go. Uh, Adrian, uh, Alligator Blood, what, $13 in that Cox Plate? Um, would he be your best chance going into the Cox Plate or have you got something else that you'd like to test? I tell you, an exciting horse. He might not be a Cox Plate horse, but this Metropolitan favourite, uh, just fine. I mean, the way in which he was attacked the other day, horses don't do that. Horses don't usually then give a kick after being attacked and making it that true, uh, true staying test. So he is an absolute beauty. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Um, yeah, look, he's he's come a, a long way in a short period of time. Um, yeah, it's quite a quite amazing what he's done just in, in in those sort of two starts. Obviously, want to try and get um, sad day over with in the Metropolitan. He's yeah, still very well weighted there on on fifty kilos. So um, looks a, a lovely opportunity for him to sort of try and capitalise on that. Um, yeah, the, the Cox Plate may be a bit 
bit soon for him this this time round. Um, but uh, Alligator Blood would certainly be the leading contender for us. Um, I thought a horse like Who You Mal, um, we've only seen him twice over the mile, which is a bit short of his best. But I thought he put in some excellent performances. He's a horse I'd love to try and take through there. So um, stepping out to that 2,000 metres uh, would be ideal for him. So um, his next run will be, be pretty crucial in, in whether he can go that way or not. And what about uh, yourself, uh, mate? Um, obviously, we talk about horses or races you'd love to win, uh, horses that you've been involved with. What are some of the, the other things away from some of those big races that you'd like to achieve um, when it comes to, to racing? Uh, look, I, I, I haven't sort of really taken the, the time this year to, to sit down and um, you know set many sort of specific goals or, or, or races. Um, you know, I just sort of really want to try and you know focus on doing the you know the, the best job that we can on, with everything that's here presented in front of us, and really just try and build on our results and achievements each and every year. So, not necessarily a specific race that want to win, but if uh, we can say whether it be sort of Group One winners or, or, or prize money or overall winners or um, just each area, just trying to continually in, improve that um, statistic each year and try and build momentum on that, so that um, you know, each and every year going forward was better than the better than the last. And um, yeah, I, I feel we've been able to do that over the last couple of seasons, which is great. Uh, our last season was our most successful to date um, as a partnership and. Um, yeah, we've started off well, uh, started off on the front foot into this season. So if we can keep that mo- momentum, well, you know, certainly would be on, on track to sort of achieving that goal. And that's sort of pretty much sort of the way of trying to view it each, each year. All right, uh, before we wrap it up, I always ask my guests this one last question, Adrian, and it is if you were standing in front of an 18-year-old Adrian Bott, what advice would you give him? Um, I'd be telling him not to be uh, uh, afraid of sort of chasing your, your dreams. Um, it's just obviously going to take a, a bit of hard work and, and dedication, a few sacrifices, quite a few sacrifices along the way. But if that's sort of really what you want to do and, uh, and achieve and, and you're willing to um, work hard at it, um, I'm sure you'll be able to uh, create uh, and make those opportunities work for you. Well said, mate. Uh, good luck with this carnival. Good luck with all the horses as they continue on their careers and wonderful to have a chat with you. Thanks very much, Dave. Really appreciate it.